Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do you love him like that? Hallelujah. Glory and honor and dominion and power be yours but forever because we love you like that. Amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Hallelujah. Just for being who you are. Being our God. Concerned about our every need, Lord. Our every issue, our every circumstance, Lord. But most of all, concerned about our souls. Lord, we thank you right now that you're making a way out of nowhere. You're bringing us closer and closer. You're building us up more and more in you, Lord. And we, we invite you to have your way in this place. Lord, bind, we come to bind up everything that's not like you. Lord, not just in the atmosphere, not just in our city, but even in our hearts, God. Hallelujah. Bind up anything, Lord, that would separate us from you, that would cause us not to be in alignment with you, that would stop us from being in communion with you. We call on you right now to move in this place. Hallelujah. Have your way in the hearts and minds of each and every man, woman, boy, and girl. Lord, that we might be able to represent you like you deserve to be represented. Hallelujah. We give you the praise right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Be seated. We'll go ahead and dismiss our children. Hallelujah. Because we love you like that. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. When we come to magnify him, amen, I think we got off to a pretty good start. Hallelujah. Come here, boy, give me a hug. Good to see, good to see you back. All and back in the house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Y'all can come move a little closer. Come in if you want. Thank you. It's another good day to be living for God. And I just thank him, amen, because he's such a such an awesome father that we can follow, amen. And I just want to. I want to do everything God has for me to do. Amen. I know I'm not the only one in here, but, you know, I just like to make it public, amen, that I'm living for God. How about you? Amen. We, we, we don't want to be undercover. Just tell somebody, don't be undercover. Don't be no undercover Christian. Come on, let's, let's step in, amen, and let's love him like he needs to be loved. Let's live for him like we need to live for him. Amen. We, we learn how to cast the enemy down on every hand as he tries to come up against us. Hallelujah. No, but in the effort, of, we were talking last week, amen, speaking on communion, amen, and not just taking communion, but being in communion with God, amen, being in fellowship. And then as uh, I hear the report from, you know, as we listen to the report from the ladies, sweet communion with him, it just lets us know when, when we choose to be in communion with God, he will show up. Amen. He, he's looking for those who, who are seeking to be in his presence. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to continue to press, amen, and, and live a life 
amen, that is a life of communion. I was thinking about it last night, you know, and just thinking how that the scripture tells us that how that he communed with Adam in, in the garden, and, you know, as he walked in the garden, his voice of God communed with him. And, and, and I thought about it, I said, wow, he started off in communion with man. And then when he came down to the night he was crucified, he called the disciples together and told them, y'all need to come and be in communion again. Amen. So he said, no, no, that's where he wants us to be, in that place with him, in relationship with him, you know. So just remember that as we continue to press. No, but I'm going to make a statement here. That in order for us to truly live and operate for the glory of God, we must be in communion. Amen? We, we, we can't do it on our own. We can't do it by ourselves. So, so this morning, we're going to talk about operating for, the, for God's glory. Amen? Notice I didn't say living for God's glory. Because a lot of times we separate uh, how we live from how we operate, from the things that we do. Amen? But all, everything we do, we, we closed out last week looking at one of the passages that say, whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all. In his name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's important that we recognize that everything I do as a child of God, I need to do it with, with him in mind. Amen? See, I'm, I'm saying that, but, you know, we're going to dig and see. It causes us to think, how much of that do we really do with Christ in mind? How much of everything that we do, really, we really do with him in mind? Amen? So so we're we going to move into these Eris, go with me to 1 Corinthians, if you will. Hallelujah. Now, I don't want to live one way, talk one way in church, and talk another way on the job. Amen, or at home. We, we don't want to be like that. Amen, because the Bible tells Jesus is the same. What? Amen. Yesterday, today, and forever. Always the same, amen. And they should get the same thing, amen, if we're being like little Jesus. Hello. Amen. But 1 Corinthians 1 and 9. Hallelujah. says this, God is faithful, by whom ye were called unto the fellowship. Say fellowship. That means communion, amen. Of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So living for God is more than just a belief system. There's more than just a bunch of do's and don'ts and rules that we have to follow. It ought to be a lifestyle. And how many of us, you know, we got all kind of different lifestyles even before we come to Christ. Amen. And do we, do we think about our lifestyle as do's and don'ts or we just live it? You just live until you, you come to Christ and you find out that some of the way I've been living don't line up with his word. Don't line up with his will. Don't line up with his plan and his purpose, amen. So we have to get to a place that we shift from seeing it as a system of do's and don'ts, rules and laws and, you know, all, all these things till we begin to see that this is who I am and this is how I live. Amen. And that, and that, don't, that don't happen overnight, but believe me, it can happen. Because as we, as we get into fellowship with him, as we get into communion with him, it becomes less and less difficult. Amen. Because we, we like being in the presence of God. We like, you know, I was sharing with him uh, 
on Wednesday in Bible study, we were talking about how God is able to use us, amen, and sometimes when you're teaching or you're witnessing or you're sharing with somebody, and, and all of a sudden the, the, the Holy Spirit kicks in, but we don't always recognize, but he'll kick in and all the scriptures will start coming to your mind, amen, and you start saying things and then your mind, you're like, wow. You know, and when you walk away, you're feeling good, like, whoo, that, that felt good. But you, I was letting them know, it's not that you're not really excited about what you said. It's at the fact that his spirit was there. That his spirit was abiding with you, amen. And you felt the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit able to move and operate through you when you stepped into a place where he wants to be. When we became that light, we became that witness. And I said, now together we can do this thing. But if we don't yield to him, we'll walk in fear. Because he was telling in the 18th chapter, he told, told the Apostle Paul, he said, Fear not. Don't be afraid. Abide here for a while. You know, and so, so we got we to even, you know, we look at all the things that they did, but yet fear can still rise up on. How many of you know fear can hit you today if you ain't careful? Come on. If you ain't got your mind on God, huh, fear can hit you. I don't care who you are. Somebody say, I ain't scared of nobody. Get you in the right situation. Fear will try to hit you. Huh? And I'm not talking about fear of danger hello sometimes we just look at the circumstances around us and we look at the person or you know and sometimes we don't even identify fear for what it is you know we we have a way of uh, of rationalizing things out but when you boil it all down it's the same thing so we need to recognize it's, it's more than a lifestyle we want to live for jesus amen it, it's got to be a part of our faith. It changes your life, amen, when you choose to step in with him. Amen? Because it's no longer just, you know, do's and don'ts. It's who I am. Look at Second Corinthians 5 and 17. Hallelujah. Ain't God good? I like this passage. You know, this morning on the sidebar. We got here just a little late this morning. You know, we had that power outage. The wind was blowing like crazy. And I was thinking about, as Pastor was talking about how the calm came, but, you know, just before she got home, the wind out there where we live just started kicking up like crazy. Whistling and carrying on and blowing stuff all over the place. And about 12, about 11.30 or so, we had a power outage. So I said, I guess I better go to bed. I was in there doing some more studying. So I guess I can't do nothing else. I can work on the laptop. I got power I just go to bed. So it was out for an hour, a little over an hour. We get up this morning, and we're out where we are. We're on a community well. So, yeah, so the water, done. the well, I guess they had to kick the power, so they, we still had this little minimum water pressure out there. I'm like, what's up with this? You, you, you guys do? You know, they on the, uh, the hearts on the same system we are, so you're out there dealing with, you know, trying to get yourself together, you know, trying to take a shower with you. Just little more than a trickle of water coming out of there. You know, might be being on the boat again. You know what I'm saying? So I just thought about that. You know, some things that, you know, we take for granted. The little things, pressure, water pressure. We, we, we can take so many things for granted until we don't have it. Amen. Don't do Jesus like that. Don't do Jesus like that. Amen. But I look at this scripture, it says, Therefore, if anyone, is in Christ. Say anyone. Did that include you? Amen. I'm glad y'all said yes. Huh? He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is 
a new creature. Hello. See, it, notice it didn't say he will be or shall be. He is a new creature. That's 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 present tense. Amen. And I, and I like that because it takes away our excuses. You know, I was talking to someone the other day. You know, and we we say we hear people say things like, "I'm not saved in that area yet." Oh, see, y'all know what I'm talking about, huh? Don't go there because I ain't saved in that area yet. You know, what do you mean? So 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 the Lord saves you incrementally. You know, just a little bit at a time, or just the areas that. No, no. If you saved, you saved. You just got to choose how you're gonna do things. You've got to get closer to him so you don't yield to the old man because the Bible just told us that you are a new creature. Tell somebody you are a new creature. See, we've we got to begin to embrace what the Word of God says and stop, you know, thinking, well, I'm not there yet. Hello? He said he is a new creature. Old things, huh? the old has, has, has passed away. Behold. The new has come. Wow. Now, when I look at that word passed away, that means it just, it, it's not just saying it just passed by and it's gone down the road. You know, when we talk about somebody who's passed away, we're not just meaning they just went on down the road. What are we saying? They're dead. Okay? So I want us to look at that. When we look at it, he says the old is dead. And see, we got to choose it now. So we got to ask ourselves, why do I keep resurrecting the old? If it's dead, if it's passed away, why do I keep resurrecting? See, you know, it's not getting up on its own. Huh? So, so why do I, I keep resurrecting the old man when I said I'm in Christ? And see, so I'm choosing not to allow being in Christ enough for me. So, so, therefore, Jesus needs to die again for this area of my life. No, no, no. Hello? How many times he got to die before we get it together? How many times he got to die before we become whole in him and complete in him? See, I'm just heavyweight holy spirit. Huh? See, so the old has passed away. So we got to get to a place that we are really living for the glory of God, operating for the glory of God, whether it's words, whether it's how we conduct our business, how we deal in school, wherever we are, we're doing it all for the glory of God. See, one of the problems is for him here. Help me, Lord. Yes, have your way, Lord. It's for his glory. Go to Proverbs. I like this proverb. I, 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 when, you know, Lord, that, I'm like, wow. never looked at that one like that before. Proverbs 25. Because when we live for the glory of God, we model Jesus' life. And he lived for the glory of the Lord and the good of others. Somebody said the good of others. Wow. I mean, there's more to it than just living for God's glory. I got to live for somebody else's good. Watch this. Proverbs 25. Look at verse 27. It is not good to eat much honey. So for men to search their own glory is not good. 
it's not glory at all. See, so, so when you start glorying yourself and glorying yourself and glorying yourself, it's going to end up just like you, know, you eat too many sweets, you're going to get sick. Teeth going to fall out. Blood sugar going to go through the roof. Uh, I mean, sweets are good. A little sweet is okay. In my, but see, if we just seeking our own glory and our own glory, we want everybody else to glory us, and we glorifying ourselves, and we're not living for the glory of God, the scripture let us know right there, it's not glory at all. It's an abomination to God. Because now you put yourself ahead of him. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, you know, the brothers just sing. I said, look at God. Go to Matthew 6. We can't glorify ourselves. I mean, we can't. It's not lie. I'll say it like that. Amen? These days, many people, I'm going to say this now before we read this passage. Many people have church every day. They go in the bathroom and they look in the mirror and they worship the gods. That's right there. Me. Me. You know, and, and, I, and I'm not being, you know, but if we're not careful, that will become our worship. And, and it'll, everything will be around that person in, in you know, that reflection, I'll say, that, that we see in the mirror every morning. And that's, that's who we will begin to worship. And that's who will become more and more important to us than anything else. And so we, 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 we do this, and sometimes we, we want a way out. Well, Jesus is the way out. Some people are doing it don't even realize it. You know, so I'm not, I'm not here to hate on people. I'm here to help people. Amen. To help us to see it. If that's who we're, we're worshiping, then we'll, we'll find out down the road that it's a sad and it's a small life. Amen. And that we've really wasted the life that the Lord has given us. Because if I spend my whole life worshiping me and, and, you know, and seeking my will and my good and my pleasure, what makes me happy, what have I really done? When, the, when, when, when this life is over, what have I accomplished? You know, where, where, where is my, my reward going to be with the Lord? What have I done with the talents that he has given me? To, to be an impact in the lives of others. But we can't, we can't allow ourselves to go down that road, amen, and continue down that road because it's not going to do us very much good. But the passage in Matthew, as the brothers were saying, they just kind of hit on one of the passages in that song, amen. And this one right here says, you know, as we look at the Lord's Prayer, amen, and, you know, there's so much in that. I'm not going to even begin at the beginning because we get stuck. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. But we get down to the end. He said, and lead us not into temptation. See, sometimes we're tempted to put ourselves before God. Uh, he said, but lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But then look what he says when he's talking about delivering us from evil. This is not a new statement. It's a continuing. He said, for thine, in other words, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You see, and if we're not careful, we'll read and we'll recite the Lord's Prayer. and we'll, That's not just good words to say at the end. It's just not a salutation and a closing. It's a declaration that the kingdom is his. 
all the power does belong to him. And the glory is his forever. And then he finishes off by saying, Amen. So so we, we gotta, you know, be careful when we even look at that to, to take it on for what he's really saying. You know, Lord, don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's evil to mess with the glory. It's evil to try to raise our kingdom above his kingdom. It's evil, amen, to try to override the power of God with the power of man power of our will. Amen. So we get to a place that we need to surrender to everything that he's saying. Amen. To confess that it is his. The glory is his. Amen. And all these things. So now let's let's look at what we need to be doing and what we can learn. Go with me to the book of Luke. Hallelujah. We need to live for the glory of God. Luke, the fourth chapter. Y'all doing all right? We're going to start at verse number 42 and read into the fifth chapter. Amen? 42 says, And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for all for therefore am I sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. Chapter number five. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left off, left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answered, saying, said, unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. There's so many places we could jump off in here. But I, I'm, I'm trying to get, get somewhere. But nevertheless, at your word. Good. Verse number six. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Hmm. Just listen at his word. My goodness. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. You're talking about a lot of fish. Well, it's something these fellows have been out there all night long and didn't get anything. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' I mean, at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the drop of the fishes which they had taken. 
and so was also James and John and the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, for henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, he, they forsook all and followed him. Whew. There's a lot in that passage. A whole lot. There's a whole bunch of messages <laughs> just, just, just right there. So I'm going to try to try to stay focused on the direction that I'm going without the rabbit trails this morning. But I want to pull out just a few points, amen, that we can see in that passage of Scripture pertaining to Jesus, how he did things, and why he did the things that he did, and what we can learn from those things as we follow him, amen, as we strive to live a life that looks like Jesus. Hello? So as we look at these things, the first thing you see that Jesus was doing, number one, is that he was pouring himself out to others. He wasn't doing it for himself. In other words, you might you might call that, actually call that ministry. He was ministering to those around him. Amen. He was concerned about their needs and their welfare. Amen. And he would teach them the word, and then he would see to their needs. Imagine that. You know, so he spent his time, he spent his days communicating things of the kingdom. Notice what he said, I must preach the kingdom of God. Not my kingdom, you know, but he said, I must preach the kingdom of God. And he let them know, wherever I go, this is what I got to do. It's time for me to move on to the next place so I can preach the kingdom. I can, I can lift him up. You know, and, and see, so as, as we, as the children of God, go to and fro every day, what are we preaching? You know, we got to ask ourselves, what, 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 is, what am I promoting, not just beyond myself, beyond my feelings, beyond what's going on in my life, what am I promoting? What am I using my life for to, to, to represent Christ, or is, are the things that I'm doing all about representing me and my kingdom and what I'm trying to accomplish, what I'm trying to achieve, where I'm trying to go, what's happening around me, how much of my time, how much of my energy am I spending for the kingdom and for others. Notice what he said at the beginning. He lived a life to glorify God and to what? good of others. So as we as we look at our lives, and you know, so, well, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a minister, you're a child of God. You're a saint. You're, you're a new creature, and those new creatures are designed to glorify Him. So therefore, wherever we go, amen, there be, should be something about our life, something about our conversations, something about our continents, our character, Amen. That is promoting the kingdom of God. Amen. That is concerned about the good of others and not just our own good. But if it's all about me, remember who you looked in the mirror? So that's why I say sometimes we can 
you know, without really thinking about it, we can be more engaged in worshiping ourselves than we are in allowing God to be used, to be allowing ourselves to be used for God's purpose. Amen? So we got to constantly check ourselves. Amen. What have I learned? What did, what, did, what did Jesus do as he went to and fro? How many times did he, you know, it, it, it's amazing. How many times did he stop in Scripture and get concerned about his own needs? How many times did he, you know, go get me this. I need this. I need that. You know. Only one place in the Scripture I see where Jesus stopped and was concerned about it. And that was in Getsemane. When he prayed, Lord, if it be possible. Because the flesh did not want to die. But then even when he came to that crossroads of knowing I'm about to be killed, I'm about to be crucified, I'm about to go through all kinds of agony for others. He had a moment. I think we would all have a moment. And it would give you a moment. But then he went on to say, but not my will, but thy will be done. Even when he had his moment, he still had to get self out the way and say, let your will be done. I'm not here. It's not about me, but I, I'm, I'm, I want your will to be done. And I, I love it because the pastor says, no, that then the angels came to strengthen him, not to get him out of it, <laughs> but to strengthen him to do what he needed to do for the good of others, for you and me. He was prepared to suffer and die. So, so we, can, we can learn as we see in this passage, amen, in, in the book of Luke here, we see how that he was going about concerned about the needs of everybody else. So he, he continued to press forward, amen. He, he was more concerned about the call that was upon his life, the purpose, amen. And that's the second one. Let's look at this second one, amen. This going to mess some, some people up, amen. But even before I go there, as we go forward working and serving and representing God, do we actually... Schedule time for others. When do we schedule time for others? Or do we consume all our time just for ourselves? Who, who, who do we spend a little bit of time just to reach them, just to be available, just to make ourselves available to them? Hello. Because he poured himself into others. He poured himself into what God had sent him down to. But number two, it says to pursue your purpose, not your potential. Hmm. What do you mean, Pastor? We have the potential to do a lot of things. Amen? Stop and think about that. I mean, I, I think about, well, maybe maybe you won't 
consider yourself. Let me consider myself. I have a lot of potential in me. Amen. And over the years, I've had the opportunity to pursue that potential to a full degree. But there's major times in my life where I had to release the potential to follow my purpose. I had to let go of what was I could potentially do in order to be found in the place that God wanted me to be. Because there's a lot of things. I mean, a, a brother ain't no dummy. Okay? Very mechanically inclined. Amen? And I, I just, you know, share one. Many of you who have been here know about this one. But, you know, when I was in the military, my desire to be a flight engineer was very, very deep in my spirit. My brother was flying, and I wanted to be with him. But when I found out about the flight engineer program, I said, like, ooh, I want to be in the air. I want to be in the cockpit. I can be the third person. I can be in there telling the pilots what to do. <laughs> I got one PT pilot over here, so he's like, huh? So, so that was my purpose. I mean, that was, you know, that was, I, I knew I could do this. So that was the pursuit that I went out to. I was third class at the time. But even to qualify for the program, you had to be E5. So that was my motivation to become E5. I studied and I read and I did everything I could. I made sure my evals was up the whole nine yards. And the first opportunity, the first time I qualified to take the E5 exam, I was excited because I know all I got to do is do this and I can put in for the program. And I took the test, made it first time, first increment. Bam. As soon as I got, I had my package in. Got selected. Oh, did. Spent the next two years, hear me, my wife will tell you, spent the next two years in training to become an engineer. Warner Springs, prisoner of war camp. Gary know what I'm talking about. El Otis know what I'm talking about. Three days out there getting beat up and everything else. Becoming a class one swimmer with all the gear and having to do all this kind of stuff, the helmet, LPA, boots, and just going through the whole thing. And then the next 18 months of the engineer training, going through the syllabus, learning that airplane front to back, every system, every electrical system, every, all about the engines, the props, and whole nine yards, a very in-depth training and teaching. Because I knew I had the potential to do it. It was in graduated, took the check flight, passed it with no problem. Full-fledged engineer. A couple training flights under my belt, waiting for orders to come in. But during that whole two years, I've been, you know, commuting back and forth, separated from the family because I'm pursuing my potential. They see me on the weekends every now and then because for two years, I'm going after what I want. So when it came time for me to go to my command, the Lord said, uh-uh. That's how I felt. <laughs> right there. In spite of everything I'd gone through, all the training, I even had to go and have a sit down, a one-on-one -on -one with the commanding officer. He wasn't too happy when I told him. 
can't go. He got hot. Now he turned red. He told me, your family didn't come. Y'all know the statement. In the sea bag. And I said very quietly, all due respect, sir, they come. Oh, he got upset, sent me back down to where I was supposed to be anyway. You know, and right after that, I made first try. Took over the shop. I mean, the testimony goes on, but what I'm saying is, if you're going to do what God says, if you're going to fulfill your purpose, you can't hang your hat on your potential. You have a lot of potential in you, but you have to choose to find out what your purpose in God is. Because there's a lot of things that will distract us, a lot of things that will get us off course, amen. But if we don't know what God has us here for, we can pursue those things and do great in those areas and miss God. And we don't want to miss God. Amen. Because when it comes down to it now, I don't know, I might have went on and said no and ignored him and did what my passion was that, you know, I, I want to fly. I like being in the air. You know, this is, I, I love it. Amen. I enjoyed it. A couple of times I did get to smack the pilot's hands. Gary. Messing with my power levels. Get your hand off. Don't touch my e-handles. You know, but it's. I could have pursued that, and I might have been one of them, in one of them planes that didn't come back. Huh? Anything could happen. But God had a, another plan and purpose for my life. So as we are pursuing things in God, we first need to know who we are and what our purpose for being here is. Now, there's things that you can pursue that are right in alignment with your purpose. But it's important that we know what they are. And if God is telling you don't do a thing, I don't care how bad you want it. I'm a living witness because I can give you some more testimonies of resistance, but it don't matter how bad you want it. If God is saying go the other way, I'm here to tell you, go the other way. He knows what's down both paths. But if God has said, put on the brakes, turn left or right, then you need to turn left or right and not just do it your own way. Because your potential could take you away from your purpose. Hello. So what am I saying? Okay, let's, let's look at here. In, in that passage that we just looked at, notice, the people came and they tried to stop Jesus. Amen. Let's, let's look at it over in Mark 1. Same situation. Mark 1.35. said, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found them, they said unto him, All men seek thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next town, that I may preach there also. 
for therefore am came I forth. Because that's the reason I came. When you look at Luke, they want him to stay with them. When you look here, all men are seeking after him. He said, well, I've got to go to the next place. Now, guarantee you that Jesus said, ooh, i got the potential to build a good church here. They want me to stay. They're begging me to stay. I got the potential to become great in this city. I got the potential, amen, to have all kinds of followers. I can take over this place. I said, I won't have to want for nothing. I don't have to travel no more. I don't have to go anywhere anymore. So I can stay right here. But he said, no, that's not why I came. I have the potential to do this, amen, if I just follow what man is telling, or I can choose to do what the Father sent me to do. He said, for this purpose is why I came. So we got to begin to ask ourselves, why am I here? Why am I here? In the midst of everything that I'm doing and everything I'm studying, everything I'm seeking after, why am I here? Where are all the things that I make priorities in my life, that I make priorities in my life, what does God want to be the priority in the life he has given me? And that's what we got to ask. How, how am I living my life? to his glory, to magnify him and to lift him up. And if we don't, if we can't answer that question, amen, we might be pursuing the wrong thing. The wrong thing. We've got to ask All for your glory, Lord. And how am I doing this? Or how am I doing that for your glory? How am I doing it, amen, in a way that, that, that lifts you up and magnifies you. So as we go to and fro, we got to ask ourselves, amen. Hallelujah. Who am I? In light of the scripture, in light of God's word, ask ourselves some, some, some questions that cause us to stop and think. You know, how, how can I use this skill for the glory of God? How can I use this to, to magnify him when I'm moving in this area, that area, in my life as I go along life's journey? How am I magnifying the Lord? Amen? The third area I want to look at, amen, that we need to be doing the same thing Jesus did. He discipled others. In other words, he made mentors. He became a mentor for God. Wow. And, and I think about that one because that's very, very important. That puts a demand on us. That kind of lines up with the first one. When we schedule time for somebody else to pour into somebody else to be a blessing to somebody else to take somebody under our wing to help them in their growth and their walk with God or are we too busy struggling with our own hello and, 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 and I know this sometimes you know, how can I help somebody else I ain't got it together invariably if you start helping somebody else, it's going to cause you to grow up. It's going to cause you to be strengthened. It's going to bring some maturation in your life. Amen. Why? Because when you're doing it with the right purpose, amen, and the right focus for the right cause, amen, it's going to cause you to check yourself. Because why? You, all of us want to be a good example, especially for Christ. But as long as I, I don't have nothing around me, no one around me that's, that's putting responsibility, and, and I'll, I'll use this word, pressure. Pressure to do what's right. You know? Sometimes we need that pressure. See, but, but a lot of times we don't want to bring nobody too close because then 
they'll, they'll see the chinks in our armor, you know, and, and we can kind of throttle back. But see, when we realize my purpose of being here, amen, is to represent him. These are things that Jesus did. Amen. He, he, he poured himself into others. Amen. He, he brought the disciples alongside. Look what he, look what he told them. In, in, let's, let's go back here. Hallelujah. After he got done, what, what did he tell him? In verse, I'm, I'm back in the week again, fourth chapter. Number 10. 10 and 11. Oh. And so was also James. Remember we talked earlier, he called his partners over. These were the partners in the other boat. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all. And followed him. He let him know, I'm about to teach you something. I'm taking you under my wing. You know, and as he said, to follow, they followed. And they followed. And we know the story, man. They, they stayed with him and they learned and they grew. Amen. And they became the, his disciples. And later on, he went and he came back and he didn't just call them disciples. He said, he began to call them apostles. Why? Because they got the lesson, but he poured into them, and he poured into them. He matured them. He grew them up so that as he left, now he had duplicated himself into them so now they could continue the work in his absence. Who are we, how are we multiplying ourselves? Who are we pouring into? Are we still so busy just trying to hold on, losing fingernails, trying to hold on just for our own self? But when we start investing in others, when we start pouring into others, when we start mentoring others, you know, I say, I tell people all the time, you've heard me say it from the pulpit, everyone that comes in here brings more accountability to me. It does. Every single individual, everyone that enters these doors, whether they join or not, they bring more accountability to me. They, they bring more responsibility to do what God said do, how God said do it, not just in this pulpit. But wherever I go, because there's people I run into all around here, all the way down to Seattle, who call me by name. I don't know them from Adam. She'd be right there with me. She said, who's that baby? I said, I don't know. I don't know. Huh? But that's how it is when we begin to represent him. Maybe, no, maybe you're not you know, up front like I am, but people see you at church. People know who you are. Even if you don't know who you are, they know who you are. Amen. But then they're also watching who you are. And if they say, that's how it is to be one of them, I don't want to be. But if they see the other side, then they can be drawn. He said, if I be lifted up, we don't just lift him up in here doing praise and worship. When we lift our hands, you're lifting him up out there when you're doing the right thing. You're lifting him up out there when you're living right on the job and you're saying the right thing and you're responding in the right way. That's when we're lifting him up. 
and others are drawn because they see your light in the work center. They see your light shining in the supermarket when you stop and lay hands on somebody and say, well, we just, why don't we just pray right now? See, all for his, not, not that they can look on you and say, oh, she's so holy. No, but it's for his glory. When you run into that person, they tell you everything they're going through over at that marketplace. And, you know, we, we have the opportunity there to begin to let, well, can we just pray right here? Do you mind if I pray with you? And nine times out of ten, they will see you. I mean, if they didn't took enough time to tell you what they're going through, you, you think they're going to turn down some prayer? They're probably going to be the one to wonder why you walked away and didn't pray. Yeah, they wonder in their mind, why do you think I told them all that? Just so they could. I need some help. I'm coming to you. I'm sharing with you. What you got to give me? Give them Jesus. Let's lift him up. Let's, let's be that light. Let's be out loud. Let's, let's be. Oh, goodness. Be like him. Jesus wouldn't have walked away without praying. I mean, they say he, they brought all kinds of people to him, and he healed them all, everyone. He didn't send a single one away. So if maybe you're thinking, that's what I say, you're thinking you can't heal them. But you sure can pray for them. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you all right now, I'm sick of all this sickness going on around, up in here. Huh? Anybody with me? Oh, y'all like being sick? Huh? How many like being sick? Seeing people can't make it to church because they're <coughs> all, all full of the flu. Now the flu got to fly. It's time for us to provoke our faith. Amen. To join our faith and cast all this sickness and disease and infirmity up out of here. We're serving the same God today. Amen. That he ain't changed. Remember we read, all what power is his. And then he said, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you shall receive what? Power. He said, you shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That's our responsibility. But somewhere on the line, we've lost it. We got to get it back. I said, we got to get it back. Huh? But it's going to take getting in position, getting in communion with him, amen, exercising our faith and casting down doubt and fear and wonder what if it don't happen. See, that ain't nothing but the enemy. So he'll, he'll stop us from doing what God said do. He said, go now. You, ain't gotta, you don't worry about what God's going to do. You just do your part. If you just allow, you make yourself the vessel that, that, that he can use, he can do whatever he please. Like the lepers, as they went. I, but I, I'm believing that we're going to see some right now, right now, straight, straight way, supernatural manifestation as we get our faith together. As we begin to believe him like he ought to be believed, representing him and walking in the way that he wants us to walk. That's what he's calling for. That's what he desires. And it'll happen as we get more and more in communion with him, calling upon his name. So where were we? We were on number three. Uh, mentoring people. 
ain't got nothing to tell them. I ain't got nothing to teach them. You got a testimony, don't you? Huh? Hello. See, that's what I mean. If, if, if we would just put ourselves in a position. He said, don't worry about what you're going to say at that hour. If we just say, Lord, here I am. I'm available. There are people, I'm going to say this. There are people all around us. All around us that need Jesus. That need help. That need guidance. And I'm going to say this. Save that unsaved. I, I've, I've never run into so many people. But in these last few years, I've seen so many people in so many circumstances where folk are in church but don't know God. In church but don't have no real relationship with God. And as we pull them close and pull them, see, but it's going to start with you and I making sure that we have our relationship. You and I, amen, making sure, amen, that I'm in communion with him. See, because one thing, when I'm in communion, when I'm in fellowship with him, huh, I can hear his voice. Amen. And what he said, do, I'll do. Amen. And he'll say, go talk to this one. Now, and I, I want to say this the other day. Yeah, now, if, if the Lord tell you to go talk to somebody, to share with somebody, do you not know he's already equipped you with what you need to get them? You feel that tug in your spirit, you know, you know it's there, you know, you, why, but we fight it because fear rises up. But he's already given you, they, you have words in your mouth already that can set there. You may not think so, but God, why, why would God send you on a failed mission? You're not going to be the lone survivor. You will be, it may be, they may need to just hear your testimony. They may just need to hear, Jesus loves you today. Huh? I like what Sister Wendy says. She goes through the, she starts going through the gate telling the guards, has anybody told you today that Jesus loves you? And I guarantee you, it didn't hurt. Did that hurt when you said it, Sister Wendy? Didn't hurt at all. Huh? But just a moment, to touch somebody's life, to be that light, to take a moment to think, what am I doing? What have I done for Jesus today? I wash my face, I fed my mouth, I watch TV, and then, but what have I done for Jesus today? I prayed, but what did you ask him for? But when we stop and think, have I really made myself available to him? Am I living my life for the glory of God? So all we have to do is begin to look around us. And I guarantee you, if you, see, some of y'all won't pray this prayer because the Lord will do it. If you just start praying, Lord, show me who I can name. Show me who I can help. Huh? It might be someone in this very room. Huh? If you begin to pray that prayer, amen, now, now when he show you, don't get scared. Don't be disobedient, but go on and do what God said do. You know, go to that person. You know, you might don't use the words I use because you know, they don't know how you're coming up. But you know, you, you just might go and say, you know what? I just want to get to know you a little bit. Huh? 
follow the Lord leads you, but I guarantee you, we need to expand our lives beyond ourselves. We really do. Because you know, we get caught up in our own self, and everything else is kind of fades by the But when there's something greater than you, what are we doing? What are we, where are we partnering greater than beyond ourselves? I'm talking about living a life for his glory. See, that means you got to do something beyond yourself. See, we, we, and I know we all want God to come by and bless us and heal us and strengthen us and, you know, do all these things. And, that, and that's good. But the scripture also said this also falls in that same place. Seek ye first the kingdom. What's kingdom business? Kingdom way of doing things. And when I seek the kingdom, and man, he's going to add all this health and strength and, you know, all these things into my life. It'll come. But I got to say, God, I'm seeking you. What do you want me to do? If we begin to preface all our prayers with, Lord, what would you have me do? Before we start asking him and telling him what we would have him do. What would you have me to do today? And then incline your ear to hear what he has to say. We got to take time. We got to invest in others. We got to see this life is bigger than me. And then you begin to see God say, I found somebody that I can use. The fourth one, I know some of you are going to like this one. Okay. After you do all that, you got to know how to rest and recover in solitude. And all that, you still got to take time out to Recharge yourself. Wait a minute, Pastor David, we still got to do this. Yeah, we need to do all this and that and the other. Huh? I'm, I'm talking about what we can learn from Jesus. Huh? Let's go back to, to, to Mark real quick. I want y'all to see this. He lived to others. Mark one thirty five again. He mentored others, built them up. 135 says that in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Everybody come looking for where he at. He said, no, I'm doing all this. And that's just one place. There's many places you see in the scripture where Jesus went apart. He got away from them all. Or he would send them ahead, and he spent a little time by himself. But what he was really doing was spending time with the Father to recharge, to, 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 to you know, so that when he went out, he had something to give. Uh, he had something to share. You know, it's kind of like you know, you get in your car, you only go so far before your tank is on. Some of y'all like riding on excitement. Huh? That's what I call it. You get down to that ear, like, ooh, how far can I go? When's it going to quit? He's like, woo. No, I don't like excitement. I like riding on faith, full. I go where I want, do what I want. If emergency come up, I ain't got to stop at the gas station. I just go. So y'all, some of y'all get in the car and like, woo, you're on excitement again. Huh? So, so, so we got we, we to stop riding like that. I mean, spiritually, 
Amen. Sometimes we just getting, barely getting. We, we, we living spiritually on fumes. Trying to minister on fumes. Struggling, hurting, amen, and, and, and trying to smile. when you, 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 you ain't took no time to recharge. You ain't took no time to pray. You ain't took no time to spend with God. To restore yourself, amen, so that now you can you haven't really taken the time to say, Lord, this is my issue today. Take this away. Why do you think I, I tell people, you need to come to pre-service prayer before we go in? Amen. Well, you need to come because you get ready to minister. You get ready to go before people. So this, 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 just come and just, let's just pray. But personally, we need to be able to take some time just to be quiet. Get away from, you know, we, we'll call this a, a fast from people. How about that? For a little while. Huh? No, no. See, you're fast from people too. I mean, you can't do what God told you to do, minister. So, so therefore, you, get, you, you, you take time and you get away to that quiet place. Personally, individually, we need to have that time with God. Huh? So that now we can be restored and we be strengthened, amen. Now I'm ready to face the day. Notice he got up early in the morning. See, a lot of times, well, that don't worry, I'm not a morning person. Huh? Well, let's face it. Most of us, by the time you get to the end of the day, you spent. You're not fresh. Brain cells are burnt out. Huh? And so when you say, it's time for me to go on, and I need to go read my word. Huh? That becomes, a, but if you, if you would just get in that, Rising up and spending a little time with him before you, you're fresh and you're, you know. We need that time so that now we got something to give. He is the filling station. Huh? And he can fill you up. Huh? You get in that way. Fill you up. Now I'm ready for the day, man. I'm ready to do what I need to do. I'm ready to go forward. I'm ready for the week. Whatever it is that, but you need to spend some time, amen, to, just to get apart with God. It's good, amen, to pray with others. But you just take time out. I do. Just take time out. Talk. One on one. Hear from Him. One on one. One thing about prayer prayer is, I want y'all to say this with me after I say it. Prayer is a conversation. That might be a new concept for some. But prayer is a conversation. That means we need to take time to let him speak. Now, you ever been in a conversation with somebody and that's all, you, they just say all about them and they just go on and all about themselves and you, you, don't, and you, you can't even get a word in age wise because they're so busy telling you all about themselves and you're like, well, what, when are they going to just, Huh? You know, and, and we can come and we can go before God and we can give him our laundry list of to-dos. And as soon as we get done, amen, thank you, Jesus. And gone on about our way. And, and he's like, But if we would just slow down. I'll bring that, that, that TV back in here by the Jones. The Whit Jones, is it? Slow down. I got this graffiti and I love it. Listening to this thing over and over and over for years, amen. And they did something that the first one that I seen do this years ago. And I still got the CD. They actually took on um, their CD of songs. They took one, 
half hour just praying. And it's just to slow down and spend some time with God. And sometimes we need to do that. Get away from not just people, but watch this. Technology. My wife liked that one because, you know, I'm, I'm all about technology. But get, get, get away from the phone and the, the, the tablets and the computers and all those things and just, you know, just, you and God. You and God. You know, I, when I pray, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I, I love studying the Word. I really do. I, I tell you, I'll we'll be in there studying. I still be God. I, I love studying the Word. But when you really take time to spend with God, you need to even put the Word aside. Put the Bible aside. Why, what am I saying? It's not study time. Pray. Now, you know, when you pray when you study, but I'm talking about a time where, see, you can start reading the Word and go on a rabbit trail, and you say, it's prayer time. I'm on my, I got my tablet, I'm reading, but it's prayer time. No, you're distracted. Got something else going on. Just you and Him. Is that hard to imagine? As busy as we are. You talking about taking out time to just sit there? You know, one of the old practices used to be get on the knees. You know, know, that's one of the old practices, you know. Huh? And I think it was was Smith's Wigglesworth that was talking about he prayed so much. He had a bench that he would pray on. And, and after a while, on the wooden bench, there was a couple of grooves that he would pray on his knees. And it died. That's where we get charged. That's where we get charged. And I'm not telling you, saying just spending time pouring out our hurts and our woes. There's a time for that. But just to commune with him, to hear his voice, to hear him. Let him download to us. This, uh, this might sound strange to some people, but that's what God desires. And, and we, can, we can have that. Just like, you know, it may be just setting the alarm 15, 20, 30 minutes early. And just spend a little time. Might feel awkward at first, but time's going too slow. Too quiet. Just like y'all feel awkward when I stand here and say nothing. But just stay there. Just stay there. Spend a little time with him. And then enter into the day. Then pick up your word. Then spend a little time in his presence. Hmm. Because notice what he said. I must go to the next city. I must go. But he spent time before he went to the next city. He spent time with the Father. He got away from everything and everybody else because he knew that that was his purpose, amen, is to reach somebody. That was his purpose, amen, is to, you know, it's all about evangelism. It's all about reaching beyond ourselves. Why did Jesus come? He didn't come just so that, you know, we can say he came. No, he came so that he could reach the world. He came to redeem us. 
Amen. And see, now we got to say, okay, if I'm going to be like Jesus, I need to be concerned about the world around me. Hallelujah. So when the world around me ain't treating me good, huh? That don't matter. You're a child of God. He always treats us good. You know, it's amazing that we're here at this time in history. And I can guarantee you there's other times in history you wouldn't want to be here. Huh? And there's probably going to be times to come that you're going to be glad you were here now. Hello? So so God has us here for a reason and a time and a purpose, amen, to do exactly what he needs us to do. Hallelujah. All right, there's one more statement I want to cover that won't be done. Let's go back to Luke 5. That tenth verse. Mm-hmm. He was talking, and Jesus said unto Simon. Fear not, for henceforth thou shalt catch me. First thing, touched on a little bit earlier. I need to spend a little bit more time there. Fear not. Fear not. Because I think about what, what Simon said, at thy word, when he told him to go, and, uh, you know, we've we been out there, and, wow, thank you, Holy Ghost. We spent all night toying and, and, and toiling and trying to catch it. We came back with nothing. But he said, but at thy word. Now, see, you might feel like, you know, I, I, I've been trying to reach people and trying to do this and trying to, but at thy word. See, when Jesus tells you to go. The fish are there. Now they went on their own and they got nothing. But when he said go, they reaped a mighty harvest of fish. When he said go, but he said, don't be afraid. I've been there before and they rejected me. I'm telling you, go now. I went before and they didn't want to hear. I'm telling you, go now. Don't be afraid of what happened before. Don't be afraid of what you you heard or you saw. Don't be afraid of those things, but go now. And we need to be crazy and say, but at your word, Lord, I, I, I know I, in my ability, what he's letting them know is in your ability, you can't do it. But in my strength, in my power, in my authority, you will get results. Because it's not you. And he told him, he said, for henceforth, he said, from now on, you're going to catch men. You don't call them enough fish. Huh? From now on, you're going to catch men. Uh, you, you're going to begin to catch disciples. You're going to begin to catch people and draw them into the kingdom of God. Why? Because he's letting him know, I am with you. 
spend time with me. You listen to my voice. I am with you. You're not going in your own strength. I am with you. You're not going in your own power. I am with you. You're not using your own wisdom. I am with you. And we allow God to be God. We will see results. We just put ourselves in that place. We put ourselves in that position. And we say, Lord, have your way in me. Have your way through me. I want to be used of you. I, I want to be found in the place that you ordained me to be. And when we do that, there's people out there waiting on us. Huh? Waiting on us. And like I said earlier, they know who you are. We just got to know who you are. Rise up and start living our lives. Huh? Rise up and stop being afraid. Uh, you can't say that. You know, you know, the world can talk about anything. Any, I mean, go to the beauty shop. Go hmm? <laughs> to the barber shop. Huh? Either or. Huh? Go, go sit in the Applebee's and just hear the conversation and the tables around. I mean, the world can talk about anything, anything. They're not not skittish or, you know. But when it comes to God's people, too often we hold our tongue and we'll we'll join their conversation before we strike up our own. Hello. How many times have we joined their conversation because we didn't have one? But how about you strike up the conversation? Boy, you should have been at church with me Sunday. You know what happened? You know how good God is? And you just thought, if you're going to be a Christian, you just might as well go on and be a Christian. Huh? Be a good Christian. Be a God Christian. Be a Christian that stirs up stuff. Huh? Don't downplay who you are. Don't. See, see, we got too many. Ooh, goodness, help me, Holy Spirit. I'm trying to stop, but we got too many polite Christians. <laughs> But Jesus said, I came to set the children's teeth on edge. Huh? Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's time for us to walk a little bit heavier than we've been walking. Huh? The world will say anything, do anything. It's time for us just to rise up and be who God called us to be. He's the reason we're breathing. He's the reason we're living. Uh, what was the salutation, amen? He said, in him I live and move and have my being. Amen. If anybody should be able to say that, not just the, the philosophers at Mars Hill, but if anybody should be able to say that, we should be able to say that. So that everything that we do brings glory to his name.
And yes, it's going to make people uncomfortable sometimes. Yes, it's going to bother. Because it bothers me when they talk about all kind of crazy stuff. And because they don't know Jesus. Now, who should be bothering who? Huh? I said, who should be bothering? I'm trying to tell you something to bring you out. I'm trying to tell you something to help you, to rescue you, huh? to make your life better. We got to come on out. Everything to glorify his name. Not about us, but it's about him. Let's stand.